Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's happening? Good morning. I am Nick Schwert, and this is Bink Sunday. Now, I'm not... Jay Binkley. Jay Binkley's Jay Binkley. I'm Nick Schwert. I host Midday's Cody and Gold with Alex Gold, Cody Tapp. But I'll be here from 10 to noon today. Chiefs, Ravens, Sunday night football. Isn't it just awesome when the Chiefs play on primetime? That's the matchup everybody wants to see. And we had, we had Washington and New York on Thursday night. Awesome, right? What a great way to start off the NFL season. And then we've got Green Bay and Detroit on Monday, which I guess people will watch because it's Aaron Rodgers, but that game, all likelihood, going to be a blowout. Chiefs-Ravens, that's the best show you can get. Really, anytime Mahomes is playing on primetime, that's the best show you can get, and I don't think we should take that for granted. This game tonight, though, uh, maybe doesn't have the, the same allure that it should or that we thought it would when you see this game on the preseason schedule. And that's mostly due in part because the Ravens aren't the Ravens we thought we were going to get. While the Chiefs are essentially going to get everybody back, everybody they were missing in week one, the Ravens continue to be plagued more and more by injuries. When you look at the injury report that came out, Uh, This past week, Ronnie Stanley, left tackle. Marlon Humphrey, starting cornerback, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Jimmy Smith, their other cornerback. Marcus Peters, we already know, is out. Tore his ACL before week one. All three of those guys are questionable. I know there's some reports coming out of Baltimore that it doesn't look like Ronnie Stanley is going to play, and he could be out for uh, the foreseeable future in Baltimore. That's significant for a couple of different reasons. Obvious one, he's the Ravens' left tackle. But it's even more significant because he's the left tackle, which means Orlando Brown is now the Chiefs left tackle. Orlando Brown was the right tackle in Baltimore. He asked for a trade specifically because he wanted to play left tackle. And now it looks like it's going to be neither of those guys starting at left tackle tonight versus Kansas City. But Alejandro Villanueva, also some irony in that because before the Chiefs went out and traded for Orlando Brown Jr., Villanueva was thought to be one of their targets to go uh, be their left tackle this season. And I don't know if you saw the game on Monday. Didn't look great. Didn't look great versus Oakland. So he may be the guy protecting Lamar Jackson's blind side, which 
I'd be licking my chops if I were a Chiefs pass rusher. Speaking of which, one of those pass rushers, Frank Clark, should be playing tonight. As will Willie Gay, as will Tyron Matthew, all full participants in practice this week. Those are all big. It's week two. Week one, it didn't look great, especially not having some of your leaders on defense out there. I think even more than that, you just expect things to look a little sloppy defensively in week one. It's not necessarily a pass, but it was good enough. Certainly came alive in the second half, but not having Tyron Matthew out there specifically was a major loss for the Chiefs defense because and I've talked about this all offseason long. It's not just what he does as a player, but what he does as a leader. When you look back at specifically Chiefs history, but you can go back through teams, whatever you, whatever example you want to use, it's pretty universal across the board in the NFL. Teams will let good players walk. They will let good players hit free agency. They don't often let leaders walk. They don't often let leaders hit free agency. That's why when you go back five years, when the Chiefs were going through the contract negotiations with Justin Houston and even more so Eric Berry, there were times where there was uncertainty, where you wondered if they were going to get a deal done. But ultimately, I think people had confidence that they would because those are your leaders defensively. Tyra Matthew is unquestionably the leader of the Chiefs defense. So regardless of what you think of him as a player, from a a schematic standpoint, how much you think the Chiefs need him as a football player, I think it's doubled by what they need from him as a leader. And that was obvious, not having him on the field in that week one game versus Cleveland. Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola talked about that earlier this week when he met with the media about the importance of having Tyron back out there. I'm not sure I can express how important that is. I mean, I just came off a walkthrough and just hearing, hearing his voice. And I mean, listen, I'm not the only one that feels comfortable with it. The other 10 that are in there, they're the ones that they know he's going to get it right. They listen, they're in tune. Um, but we got other guys that do the same thing, Hitch. And um, so he'll, it'll be good to get him back there. Sure. You have other guys that do sort of the same thing, but not the exact same thing. There are certain guys when they speak their voice, carries an extra level of weight. Tyron Matthew is certainly that. It'll be interesting to see what the Chiefs defense looks like in terms of production and and limiting the Ravens offense, and we'll get more into specifics about that later, and compare that to what it looked like in week one. You expect a team naturally to look better second week of the season than you did the first week, but even more so in this instance because of how much the Chiefs were missing. And when you juxtapose that to what the Ravens like to do offensively, we know what they like to do. They want to run the ball with their quarterback. The injuries have piled up for Baltimore over the course of the offseason and now through one week of the year. J.K. Dobbins, your running back that you, just, you took in the draft last year, out for the season. Gus Edwards was supposed to be the next in line, out for the season. Marcus Peters, out for the season. This is not a team that is anywhere close to full strength as they enter a game against the toughest opponent they're going to face all year. Not to mention, this is a team in their last three outings against the Chiefs, all of which came with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, 
haven't been able to get a win. And in the previous two, they weren't even close. Last year, after the Ravens got dismantled by Kansas City and that game got out of hand early, this is what Lamar Jackson had to say. Hear this exchange immediately after the game. Lamar, how do you get over as a team the hurdle of the Chiefs where it seems like they are the, the one team that... Uh, ah, Kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you get over that hurdle? Uh, well, i say uh, second half, like, just like I say always, like we always start cranking up at the wrong time. We got to come in and finish how we start. Like we always go opposite, I guess, against them for some reason. We just got to tighten up and play better, that's all. If I'm a Ravens fan, I don't want to hear my quarterback talking about one of your biggest rivals as being our kryptonite. And it, and it, and it was kind of offered up. Like, nobody really led him to that. They just said, you know, what are you going to do to get over the hump against the Chiefs? It's it's tough for me to put myself in that position because I, I, who would who would Patrick Mahomes say their kryptonite is? It, it, there's, there's nobody. And I guess maybe if you wanted to go the Tom Brady route, but again, Mahomes is never going to say that. Of all quarterbacks who have started at least two games versus the Chiefs during the Mahomes era, only Drew Locke and Josh Allen have worse passer ratings than Lamar Jackson does. You're talking about a guy who two years ago didn't just win NFL MVP. He was the unanimous NFL MVP. So to be mentioned next to Drew Locke, doesn't seem to make much sense. But the numbers bear it out. Three games Lamar has started against the Chiefs. Maybe you push aside the first game because that was year one. That was before the Ravens spent an entire offseason sort of revamping and rebuilding the offense around Lamar's skill set. But three games against Kansas City, Lamar Jackson, 511 pass yards. He has completed 53% of his passes. And has three passing touchdowns. That's that's 170 yards per game for an NFL starting quarterback. We'll get into what the Ravens are going to try to do. What the Ravens have tried to do against Kansas City. And why it hasn't worked in a little bit. But this game, after being this highly touted, really exciting, can't wait to see two of the best teams in the AFC go head-to-head, all week long has sort of had this air about it that the Chiefs are sort of going to roll. And uh, Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride, going to join us coming up at 11 o'clock. I'll tell or I'll ask him if he thinks that's justified. But ask anybody around town. Ask, you know, you watch the National Pundits, NFL Network, ESPN, wherever you go. Everybody sort of seems to think this isn't going to be the matchup that it was cracked up to be. And I think maybe we're starting to understand why that is. On top of all of that, not just knowing what is at stake at this game for the Ravens, because it means way more to them than it does for the Chiefs. For the Chiefs, it would just be another win over a team that they've sort of owned over the last four years. For the Ravens, it would not just be getting the monkey off our back, but also let's not start 0-2 because it's pretty damn hard to go to the playoffs after starting 0-2. Hasn't happened once in the last two seasons, and I think it's four times in the last five years a team has started 0-2 and went on to go to the playoffs. Not only does Mahomes own Lamar Jackson and own the Ravens, He owns primetime. Oh, and he owns the month of September. 11-0 in September games. 35 touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's pretty good. Versus Baltimore in three games. I just gave you Lamar Jackson's numbers. Versus Baltimore, here's Mahomes' stat lines. 
1,136 passing yards. A cool, what's that, 379 per game? 70% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, and one interception. I think we're starting to figure out why everybody's taking the Chiefs tonight. I think we're starting to figure out why it doesn't feel like this is going to be that sort of game. I, I don't want to take for granted, though, just how cool it is that when the Chiefs play on primetime, it's the game that everybody wants to see, regardless of who they're playing against. They are the show, the must-watch event in the NFL. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I, I, I think here in Kansas City, though, we have a tendency to sort of just get used to it. And it's important to take a step back and understand that it's not like this anywhere else and every other fan base would kill to have what we have. Not just in terms of the winning and all of that, but just to be the show that everyone wants to watch, that you can go and talk to fans from Dallas. You can talk to fans from Chicago. And even if they hate the fact that the Chiefs are good, they don't really have any ammunition to use against you. And they're never going to say, you know what, they're not all they're cracked up to be. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows this is the show, and everybody wants to watch and see what they're going to do next. We had Washington, New York on Thursday. We've got Green Bay, Detroit Monday. Uh, Next Thursday, we'll be treated to Houston and Carolina, the Tyrod Taylor, Sam Darnold showdown that we've all been waiting for. We're going to get the Eagles versus the Cowboys the Monday after that. Then, how about this one, man? The Thursday after that, we get Jags-Bengals. And I love how these networks are picking games in the offseason, and they see that game on the schedule, and they go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, whoa. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, last two number one picks going head-to-head in primetime? Like, who wouldn't want to watch that? Hey, Grant, I'll tell you who wouldn't want to watch that. Everybody, because those teams suck. There's a reason they've had the number one pick each of the last two years, because they suck. We get that primetime. Thursday night football, man, it is always a treat. Year, It is the only product in the NFL other than the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs and Thursday night football. And they are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Chiefs are great. They always deliver that. Thursday night football sucks, and it always, always delivers that. They end up like they seriously end up with like the worst matchup. You could line up every single game, and somehow Thursday night football. Hey, you can have you can have Jags Bengals, but we really we can't afford to give you anything else. I want to talk about uh, slow starts. There's an idea that the Chiefs had a slow start against the Browns last week. If that will be the case tonight, or maybe more importantly, if that can be the case tonight against Baltimore, because one thing we know about Cleveland, they want to run the ball. That's how they built an early lead. We know what happened in the second half. We know the very same thing about Baltimore. It's going to look a little bit different. They like to go about it in a different way. They want to run the football. They want to control the clock. We've heard it a million times that that's what teams want to do against the Chiefs. That's what, quote, you have to do if you're going to beat the Chiefs. There may be a myth to bust. We'll do that coming up next. You're listening to Bing Sunday on 610 Sports. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do you want to join the show? Hit up the Jay Southland Tow Service text line. That is 913-576-7610. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride is going to join the show coming up at 11 o'clock. There is no team in the NFL that has been hampered with more injuries so far this year than the Ravens. And I'll ask him which one of those is most damning as it pertains to this matchup today against Kansas City. Browns got out to an early lead last week. I don't really think this is speaking to the confidence that we have in Mahomes in this offense. Last Sunday was the first game of the season, yet it was so great to be reminded once again that you can be down 22 to 7 at halftime and still not have any concerns about the Chiefs' chances of coming back and winning. I, I, there, there's no panic. There's no, uh-oh, what's going to go wrong next type feeling that we had for so long with this organization. It's awesome to see that sort of flipped on its head but I would wonder it doesn't matter what you categorize it as because I've heard it being said that the Chiefs had a slow start last weekend I don't know if that's necessarily accurate the Browns had a game plan and it worked they wanted to run the ball they had a few explosive plays in the passing game and they capitalized they finished those drives they did hold the ball they did control the time of possession and for two quarters It worked out very well. The problem with that is nobody, I mean, I mean nobody, has been able to do that for four quarters against the Chiefs. I'm I'm aware the Chiefs have lost under Patrick Mahomes, but it's not because a team ran the ball down their throat for four straight quarters. So whether we want to call it a slow start or the other team executing their game plan, my question is simply, will that work again if that's what Baltimore tries to do? tonight against the Chiefs. Let me know. 913-576-7610. That's the Jay's Southland Toe Service text line. Lamar Jackson has been incredible to start his career. I, I know that there are naysayers who think that maybe the NFL is, is starting to figure him out, that when you turn him into more of a passer, that he's not quite as effective. I don't really care about that conversation right now. I'm just looking at what he's done so far. And to start his career, he's been incredible. He's been 
especially impressive when the Ravens get out to a lead. 30 and 4. 30 and 4 is Lamar Jackson's record as the starting quarterback for Baltimore when the Ravens are tied or have a lead at halftime. Oddly enough, they had a lead at halftime on Monday Night Football, went on to lose that game. Still, 30 and 4. Some pretty impressive mark. Conversely, he's 1 and 7 when trailing at halftime. And this is the stat, honestly, that blows my mind more than any of those. Is that three of those seven losses have come against Kansas City. So there's a couple different ways you can look at this. The first one would be that, wow, the Ravens are leading at halftime in virtually every game they play with Lamar Jackson. Only eight times, eight times in his 42 starts have they been trailing at half. But again... Three of those times came against Kansas City. You remember last year, Chiefs won 34-20, to blowout game. Kansas City led by 17 at halftime. So not a three-point lead, right? It's like a Bucker kicked a field goal at the end of the second half to take a slight lead going in. It was 27-10. to And that game got out of hand early. The Chiefs were up by 10, two minutes into the second quarter. So the Ravens game plan of we're going to run the ball. We're going to control the clock. The Chiefs can't stop the run. Nobody can stop us. Lamar Jackson's the most dynamic ball carrier in the league. That game plan gone. You get down 10 with 12 minutes to go in the second quarter. The idea of controlling the clock and pounding the ball, it's gone. Year before that. So this would have been the Lamar Jackson MVP season. Chiefs won that game 33-28. You look back at the box score, you say, wow, close game. No, it wasn't. Wasn't anywhere as close as that final score would indicate. Chiefs led 23-6 at halftime. Again, 17-point lead at halftime. They had three touchdowns in the second quarter. Ravens game plan, running the ball, controlling the clock, gone. I think Lamar had a garbage time touchdown run with like two minutes to go in that game. But it was a double-digit game from the beginning of the second quarter on. Wasn't close. The Ravens never had a chance. Therein lies the problem with the trying to establish the run or control the clock versus the Chiefs, which the Browns tried to do last week, which the Ravens are going to try to do tonight, I would assume. The Titans have tried to do it as well. Like every team has the same sort of strategy. Keep the offense off the field. But it... It doesn't make any sense. It sounds great in theory. Keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. But then what happens when you're down 14-3 to in the second quarter? Like, that whole theory is contingent upon it working immediately. Like, you don't have two quarters to finally find your groove. It has to work immediately, or you have to hope that it's one of those games where the Chiefs' offense just isn't clicking and they're not scoring points. Because the second you get down 7-0, the second you're down 14-3 to in the second quarter, the game plan that you spent all week preparing for is dead. And now when you look at what the Ravens have, they're shorthanded, they're going to be missing their left tackle in all likelihood. We don't know that for sure. But um, the report's out of Baltimore that not only is Ronnie Stanley going to be out tonight, but they may be without him for some time. You don't have J.K. Dobbins. 
You don't have Gus Edwards. You don't have Rashad Bateman, your first pick from this last year's draft. Marquise Brown, your first round pick from two years ago, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, questionable as well. So what's your game plan? Is it that you're going to beat the Chiefs with Tyson Williams? Is it that you're going to beat the Chiefs by doing exactly what they know you're going to do? Or is Lamar Jackson, as we've seen time and time and time again, going to be put in situations, obvious passing down situations, and be forced to prove that he's one of those guys? Because I would push back a little bit, a little bit, on the idea that Lamar Jackson is, is not a thrower. We've like the, the numbers, if you go and look at the advanced numbers, look at him throwing from the pocket, they're actually really impressive. He, he's been a very impressive thrower. The difference is that can you do it when the other team knows you got to throw? Because that's what the Chiefs require you to do if you're going to even stay competitive, not just win, just to stay competitive with the Chiefs. You have to show the ability to have explosive plays. Lamar is one of the few guys who can do that with his legs. That's great, but when they know it's coming, they keep you in front of them. And with your full cast of players, like when you get Willie Gay and Frank Clark back, they may not be two of your most important defensive players, but when it comes to containing a quarterback, being able to set an edge, make open field tackles, those guys are probably going to come in handy tonight. Same thing with Tyron Matthew. We know how dynamic he is from that safety spot. When you force the Ravens to do that, gets a little bit trickier for you to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dice you apart with my arm. Lamar can make those throws. I don't know if they have the playmakers to do it, though. I don't know if they have the playmakers to constantly create separ- uh, separation against this Chiefs defense. I have enjoyed this theme all week long. Revenge game for Sammy Watkins. What is he out for revenge for? The Chiefs gave him a pile of cash and a Super Bowl ring. We always talk about revenge games. Revenge game for Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I mean, he may he may have some some bones to pick, but I mean, uh, is he on the active roster? Didn't think so. Revenge game for Orlando Brown Jr., who requested a trade, and the Ravens promptly traded him to the best team in the NFL. And. By this time next year, he'll probably be on the franchise tag. By this time in two years, he'll probably be the highest paid left tackle in football. Who is out for revenge? I'm not really sure how that works. Sammy Watkins was asked earlier this week you know, what he's going to be willing to share with his team about the Chiefs offense. You know, if Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator, comes asking. I'm trying to win at the end of the day. <laughs> so snitch, no snitch, um, anything I can give Wink. In the defense, um, that's what I'm going to do. And um, not particularly giving up plays, but, hey, man, do this on this guy and do this on that guy. And um, that's just the way of football. Guys go on different teams every week, every day. Um, you know, you pull a guy off practice squad to try to pick their brain. So, I mean, I'm going to try to do anything to win. That's not surprising whatsoever. I would imagine you bring over a guy that was an integral part of the Chiefs offense. Defensive coordinator is going to say, hey, what can you tell me? Anything, you know, anything that maybe I wouldn't catch by watching film, any little hints, nuances that that maybe they'll share with you. That's what defensive coordinators do. I'm sure it happens all the time around the league. So I guess you would expect no less from Sammy Watkins, right? And wouldn't you also expect that one Orlando Brown Jr. to have a similar insight into what the Ravens would do? You know, Grant, it's funny you ask that. 
Yes, I would expect Orlando Brown to do the same thing. Oddly enough, though, Orlando Brown spoke to the media earlier this week. He was asked a similar question. You know, what, what, do you, what kind of insight can you provide for things that the Ravens may be trying to do? Here was Orlando Brown Jr.'s answer. Oh, nothing at all, man. Nothing at all. I'm not no snitch, man. So, <laughs> yeah, so, nothing at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, okay, okay. But seriously, but seriously, Orlando, you're 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 gonna give us something, right? I, I, I'm I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that that was a funny answer Orlando Brown Jr. gave publicly, so as not to look like a guy who is throwing his former teammates under the bus. But like, dude, this is the NFL. You're not with them anymore. <laughs> like, you're with this team. So if I, if if I am. Anybody, if I'm Eric Bieniemy and I need to know something about the, the Ravens defense, if I'm Steve Spagnola, hey, what are they doing offensively, blocking schemes, et cetera, et cetera, and Orlando Brown Jr. gave me that answer, I'd say, that's great, that's funny, huh? But seriously, what do you got for me? And I would assume, again, I don't know, I would assume Orlando Brown Jr. is going to give them some sort of insight. I guess, uh, I guess we'll find out if any sort of trickery Either team tries to employ doesn't work because either Sammy Watkins or Orlando Brown Jr. were able to snuff it out. It's about half past 10. We got Pete Sweeney joining us coming up in 30 minutes. Speaking of Orlando Brown Jr., another test coming for the Chiefs offensive line. We'll talk about it next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. From the Jay's Southland Toe Service text line. Hey, are you the same guy that is afraid to talk to the text line and girls? Anyway, can you ask Bink to post the post game to a podcast? I'll be fast asleep by then. I don't know. Grant, am I behind the scenes? Am I known as the guy afraid to talk to the text line and girls? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. But I don't. I'll have to get with Cody and Alex and see. Yeah, I I mean, just ask around. But, like, don't be too obvious about it, because if it is something that people are saying, 
I don't want you to think that like or them to think you're forming an alliance with me. Uh, and you you got you got to listen to the Bing post game live, man. You can't listen to it the next morning. Primetime game on the road. Chiefs Ravens. Jay Binkley is going to be uh, I mean, I don't know what time post game is going to get over, but we hours of the morning. That's why I'm filling in here. This is Bink Sunday and I'm Nick Schwert on 610 Sports Kansas City. Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride, going to join us coming up at 11 o'clock. I want to ask Pete about this. The quote-unquote test that the Chiefs offensive line is going up against today against Baltimore. Now, Baltimore does not have the most fierce pass rush in the NFL. I mean, they don't even have, I mean, they're probably, what, third in their own division? I mean, we just saw Miles Garrett, one of the best edge rushers, if not the best edge rusher in the NFL. And you know what they've got in Pittsburgh with TJ Watt just signed a mega deal to keep him in in, uh, in Steelers black and yellow for the foreseeable future. The Ravens, the, Calais Campbell, he's still, he's still a force, but that's an interior pass rusher. Uh, he's a little bit long in the tooth. Justin Houston, same deal. These guys are very capable, but they're not they're not the sort of pass rush that you would look at and say, okay, wow, okay, now we're going to find out what the Chiefs are made of. But I do still think it's a test in that every week I'm going to be looking at how this offensive line is performing and maybe more aptly how this offensive line is progressing. You hear it from football guys all the time. You hear it from analysts, from former offensive linemen, that that is the one position group that needs reps together more than just about any other group on the field. That offensive linemen, offensive line units need to learn how to play together. And last Sunday, going up against Miles Garrett, that was the first real game action that we've seen that O-line play together. Creed Humphrey looked great. I know he didn't allow a single pressure. It is center, so it's a little bit different than some other position groups. Trey Smith, kind of the darling of training camp, sixth-round pick out of Tennessee. High hopes, high expectations. The hype train was going crazy for him during training camp. He looked pretty damn good, too. And if you want to talk about highlight play blocks, there's usually not highlight plays from offensive linemen unless you're just manhandling. Honestly, the first time that I really remember that becoming a thing was Quentin Nelson for the Colts a couple of years ago. He hits the league immediately was just beasting dudes. He's a left guard. Whoever cares? I mean, honestly, honestly, I'm not trying to denigrate him, but whoever cares what guards do? They're like shoelaces. They're doing their job if you don't notice them. But Quentin Nelson, you notice him because he's just pancaking dudes. He's tossing them out of the club. That's what Trey Smith was doing. Game one, game number one of his NFL career, and he was the sixth-round pick. That was fun to watch. But I think the real guy that everybody wants to watch with a microscope each week is Orlando Brown Jr. Not just because you traded a first-round pick for him. It's the implications of what it means to get a guy like him, knowing that you're probably going to franchise tag him, and then you're probably going to give him a long-term deal, which will, in all likelihood, make him the highest-paid left tackle in the NFL because you're protecting the most valuable quarterback in the NFL. And that's whether or not he ends up being the best left tackle. That's not how it works. It's just because of the team you play for, the quarterback you're protecting, and the position you play, he's going to be making upwards of $20-plus million per year. 
And unlike a guy like Frank Clark, where the conversation with him year one after the Chiefs trade for him from Seattle was, even though he wasn't producing at an elite level, he did it in the postseason. And the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. And afterwards we said, I'll take it. Don't need you to get 20 sacks. Don't need you to get 15 sacks. Don't need you to get 12 sacks in the regular season if you can show up and be a difference maker in the postseason when it counts. And that's sort of what we've been resigned to for guys at that position. It's different for Orlando Brown and it's different for the offensive lineman because it's not about producing in the postseason. You need to do that too, but it's also protecting your quarterback during the regular season. It's about Patrick Mahomes not getting hit not taking unnecessary hits. And when you're protecting his blind side, that is on you more than anybody else. Now, how did Orlando Brown do in week one? Uh, It's fine. It wasn't spectacular, but it also wasn't anything that made you go, "Uh uh-oh, there may be a problem there. Important to note also, he was going up against Miles Garrett, who is going to make a lot of guys look foolish. There were a couple plays where he just sort of ran around him, and he said, okay, that's not exactly what we were hoping to see there. But nonetheless, nothing to freak out about. And again, today's probably not going to be as big of a test as it was last week against Cleveland. But you still want to see the progress. You want to, at some point in the next couple of weeks, look at that unit and say, okay, this is a unit that knows what they're doing. This is a unit that looks comfortable playing next to one another. This is a unit who's giving Mahomes plenty of time because if you want to nitpick with Mahomes, the only thing you would possibly say is, and he's admitted as much. He said it during the offseason. One of the things he wanted to get better at was staying in the pocket. He did an interview with Kevin Clark of the ringer. And he said, you know, when I get hit early in games, yeah, I have a tendency to sort of roll out and move out of the pocket before I need to. Like I'll have a clean pocket but you start to get skittish. And, and and maybe you saw a little bit of that versus Cleveland where he's not sitting back there and rolling out and, and you're not doing your offensive line many favors there. Again, I think that's going to come with time, but it's another test tonight. See how this offensive line does because the flip side is if, if they come out tonight against Baltimore and they just kill it and Mahomes has all the time in the world and he's able to sit in the pocket and just dice them up downfield, that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. That's what we'll be talking about post-game was okay, that's why the Chiefs went out and spent all their resources this offseason on completely retooling that offensive line. McCole Hardman has been uh, the subject of a lot of conversations this year, this offseason. With Sammy Watkins gone, you figure, McCole, year three, it's time for you to kind of step up and be that number two wide receiver in this offense. And the number wide receiver, number two wide receiver in the Chiefs offense is really the number three. Kelsey's a number two. He's a number one. You get two number ones. We don't really need to get into the semantics of that. But more opportunity with Sammy Watkins gone. McCole Hardman could, should be that guy. McCole Hardman played less snaps than Demarcus Robinson in week one, which I think caught a lot of people off guard simply because Robinson didn't look all that impressive. Robinson was a guy in the in the preseason and in training camp, we thought maybe falling down the depth chart. He looked like the number two, at least in terms of how often he was out there. McColl, the subject of criticism, I think had a really interesting answer when he spoke to the media earlier this week and was sort of asked about his role in the offense, not getting a ton of targets, just three targets, three catches in week one, and how he sort of views that. Well, I had three targets. 
by three, three catches and three catches, right? Oh, yeah, right yeah. I did my job, man. That's all, I, that's all you can ask for. Three targets, three catches. I mean, I don't know what else, you know, to ask for. I think people got to realize, man, we got the, the best tight end in the league and the best receiver in the league. So who is who am I to try to take targets away from them guys? Like, that, that's, that's, just, that's just being selfish, honestly. Um, so, like I said, when I said earlier, whenever I get a chance to, to make a play or when a ball come my way, I'm going to make I'm gonna make it uh, take advantage of it. So, I mean, as long as you know we winning and we doing everything we got to do, I mean, I have I have no problem with anything. By all means, throw it to him because if you can't guard him, give him the ball. Last week, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill combined for 17 catches, 273 yards, and three touchdowns. That's two people, two receivers, two players. That's the production for three receivers on a good day. Hill and Kelsey did it, and you say, oh, it was just one of those days for Hill and Kelsey. Last year, those two players combined for over 2,700 yards and 26 touchdowns, Grant. Again, that's the production of three players in a good season, and the Chiefs are getting that from two guys. I understand wanting to see McColl do more, to have an extra weapon at your disposal. But if you are someone who is disappointed by the lack of production from McColl Hardman on an offense that is perpetually top five, if not top three, if not number one in the league, passing every year under Patrick Mahomes, which of these two things do you want to see to make room for McColl Hardman? Do you want... Mahomes to throw to Hill and Kelsey less, or do you expect this to be a 6,000-yard offense? Do you expect it to be uh, an offense that throws for six? Because those are your two options. Those are your two options. How do we get so critical of production on the most productive passing offense in the league? We did it with Sammy Watkins, too. That's Sammy Watkins. You're paying him $16 million, but he's not even doing the, He's not even available that much. Look at his production. It's not that impressive. Did you see the two Hall of Famers that are running routes on the field with him? All of these three things cannot coexist at the same time. It's about situational. Third and six, those two guys are covered. Can you get open and get a first down? If you do that, that's all your job needs. You've got two Hall of Famers. You've got the best tight end in the league and maybe the best wide receiver in the league. I just don't, I can't find myself getting overly critical of this offense when they are continually the best offense in the league. Patrick Mahomes had a birthday on Friday. I don't know if we have clearance to play this track from one of 610's own. Uh, we're going to talk to the legal team, try and get it ironed out next. This is being Sunday. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Remember, you can join the show on the J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-576-7610. From the 816, Cortland Sutton or Corey Davis? Uh... Well, I don't think that that's intended for me. I think that would be for one Dusty Likens, who uh, was off the air about 52 minutes ago. But, you know, since I'm here and you want to know, Corey Davis, I guess. Let me know how that goes. I'm Nick Schwert. This is Bink Sunday. I'm not Jay Binkley. He'll be hosting later tonight. Primetime game, Chiefs, Ravens, 720. 
Post games where it's really at though. That's when you get the raw, unadulterated Jay Binkley on to like 2 a.m. He's running on E. Well, most people will be running on E. That's when he starts to rev things up. So here's the deal. I have been working through the 610 legal team all weekend trying to get this cleared. If you're not familiar with Cody Tapp, he hosts Cody and Gold weekdays from 10 to 2 here on 610 Sports. I'm the producer of that show. I know Cody very well. On Friday, Friday was a special day because Friday was Patrick Mahomes' birthday. Patrick Mahomes turned 26 years old on Friday. When Patrick Mahomes turned 25 last September, Cody Tapp, who is an incredibly, incredibly talented musician, decided to write a, a special birthday song for Patrick Mahomes. I was hoping here on Bink Sunday, for those who may have missed it, to play that song for you today in honor of Patrick Mahomes' birthday and just to continue to showcase the music stylings of Cody Tapp. Unfortunately, I have not gotten clearance to play that song. I reached out to Cody. I said, hey, man, big fan of your work. I'm hosting Bink Sunday. Would love it if you'd allow me to play Happy Birthday, Patrick. His response this morning, quote, that song is trademarked and copyrighted if you play Anything more than 10 seconds of it, I will sue you for everything you're worth, and you'll never do radio in this town again. Okay. Thought that was a bit much, but he did say no more than 10 seconds. So with that, happy birthday to Patrick Mahomes. Here's happy birthday, Patrick, by one Cody Tap. Happy birthday, Patrick. Enjoy your birthday, Patrick. That's it. That's 10 seconds. Can't sue me. Can't send your team of lawyers at me, Cody. I'll tell you what, though. You put a microphone in front of that guy, give him a tasty little track, he turns into an absolute machine. He's done a lot of music. A lot. Uh, some people like it. More people don't like it. But it's undeniable that Happy Birthday, Patrick, is not only his best work to date, but it's a song that I think is going to carry on in the Kansas City history books forever. Happy Birthday, Patrick. God. Enjoy your birthday, Patrick. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible work. Happy birthday, Patrick Mahomes. Turns 26. Wonder what he wants for his birthday. Maybe it's a win against the Ravens. We'll talk about it next. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride joins me. This is Bink Sunday, 610 Sports. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 